It's show 141 of the RIM Pro Report. Today, the latest industry news and Sam Carpenter, best-selling author of the book, Work the System. Uh, the show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. O'Neill, as I've mentioned before, is doing some pretty cool stuff in the cloud. One product they have is O'Neill Bridge, a service that connects ECM software like Intandem, Infolinks, and AccuTrack to the software that runs your record center. This week, O'Neill announced that O'Neill Bridge is now managing over half a million items across 13 countries. Them's pretty cool beans, I'd say. If you'd like to learn more about how you could take advantage of this cloud service, you can hop right onto the old interwebs and visit O'Neillsoft.com. I think it only right to let you know that the U.S. military will be officially playing episodes of the RIM Pro Report on all drone flights from this day forward. Just thought you should know. Welcome to the RIM Pro Report. The one and only weekly broadcast for the RIM support services industry. Bustling with news, views, and the latest updates. This show is full of interesting information. So take notes. Now here's your host, Tom Adams. Bada bing, bada boom, it's me. And so here's the deal. May is all but over and summer is pretty much on us. And as usual, lots going on after the PRISM conference in Fort Myers a few weeks ago. It was great to see so many of you there. Thanks to everyone who were uh, verbally appreciative about the show and what we do here on a regular basis. I am extremely excited about today's show because I know how valuable it's going to be for you. A couple of years ago, I picked up a book that I heard about called Work the System by Sam Carpenter. In our business, Flourish Press, we were actively trying to improve how we operated. And this book was a major catalyst to help us get our business processes and systems in much better shape and in order. And the cool thing about Sam Carpenter, the author, was that he was describing in the book how he had grown his small telephone answering service company in Bend, Oregon, by implementing the systems he described and documented. Bottom line, this has been on my shelf as, and has been a go-to book for me and a recommended reading book for many of my coaching and consulting clients. A few weeks ago, I got a broadcast email from Sam's, Sam's office letting me know that the third edition of his book was published and I decided to do something unusual and see if I could get Sam on the show. And, well, you're not going to believe this, but as luck would have it, we worked out the details and Sam agreed to be on the show today. And because I believe so much in what Sam talks about, I also purchased 20 of his Work the System books to give to the first 20 people who email me and ask for one after they have posted a link back to the interview on the Rim Pro Report website on your social media profile. So if you do that, just email me with the details of your post and your address details and we'll get the book out to you as soon as possible. My email address is tom at flourishpress.com. But before we talk to Sam, I want to get you caught up on the latest industry news. We've been quiet on the news for the last couple of weeks, so lots of catching up to do. A couple of weeks ago, Iron Mountain announced the acquisition of three rim businesses previously owned by the Information Storage Consolidation Company of Carrollton, Texas. The specific record centers Iron purchased include Safe Record Center of Lansing, Michigan, Archives USA of Dallas, Texas, and the Document Bank of Miramar, Florida. Congratulations to Ron Harper, CEO of ISCC and the majority shareholders, Greycliffe Partners, on the sale of this business to Iron Mountain. Stevens and Stevens of Clearwater, Florida, celebrated their 20th anniversary last week. Congratulations to Rhett and Marshall 
Stevens on this momentous achievement. Restore PLC of the UK also announced the acquisition of IT Efficient Limited, an IT asset disposal and recycling business. Uh, Restore purchased them for 1.8 million pounds. IT Efficient processes more than 90,000 pieces of IT equipment per year, primarily for blue chip companies throughout the UK, along with full on-site and off-site destruction services. So congratulations to all involved there. Recall has just announced the opening of a brand new facility in Beijing, China. This new facility increases their footprint from the other facility they opened in 2010 in Shanghai. Recall is looking to grow their Chinese business over the next few years. So congratulations to Recall on this new facility. And, you know, I'm sure there's lots of other great news in your neck of the woods. You know, I'd love to hear about your successes so I can pass it along. Drop me an email or call the show hotline and let me know your news. We'll do our best to pass it on. All right, this is going to be good. I'm going to get Sam Carpenter on the line right now. Hold tight while I do. Sam Carpenter is CEO of Centratel, a telephone answering service in Bend, Oregon, and the author of an extremely influential book in my life and business called Work the System. I am more than thrilled to have him on the show today. Sam, are you there? Yes, I am, Tom. Thank you. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm honored that you're here today, and uh, you've had a significant influence on my business and my life, so thank you for that. But let's start by giving a brief description of Centratel today, and then a little bit more about how you got into that business and founded that business, or where it all came from. Well, I've had the business almost 30 years, and what we do is we answer emergency calls. We're like a private 911 uh, huh. for doctors and veterinarians and HVAC companies and funeral homes. We have about six or eight vertical markets. It's a 24-7 operation, and we take typically after-hours calls and then carry them on to an on-call person for whatever client that's for, and we have about 1,000 clients. Wow. And just to uh, uh, put everything in a nutshell, uh, it's uh, it's what I call a, a cauldron of chaos, if you want it to be, because every account is different. And you have 24-7 uh, personnel coming in to take the calls. It can be a real problem, and it was for me for 15 years. That's a decade and a half, 80 to 100-hour work weeks, divorces, <laughs> single parent of two kids, uh, physical and, and uh, well, physical problems, uh, which led to uh, uh, not a great mind frame. And at the end of 15 years, I had an insight at a single point in time uh, which caused me to change how I live my life. And it was a different way of viewing the world. And that was in about the year 1999. So what changed? So what, what was the insight? The insight was very simple, and it's very cool. It's an easy button. <laughs> it changed everything for me, and it's this, that our lives, uh, most of us see our lives as a, a kind of a swirling mass of sights, sounds, and events, and and most of us with our businesses, and I say that literally, most people uh, go into work killing fires and just trying to survive. Right. And, and actually, that's an, that's an inaccurate viewpoint of life, that uh, it's a big, chaotic, swirling place. It's actually life is a very, very logical collection of independent systems. And sorry about the 1960s and the new agey thing that we're all connected, but... 
uh, and we are, I suppose, on a metaphysical, uh, on an atomic level, I should say. But the truth is our businesses are collections of independent systems. For instance, what does the uh, person who answers the phone at the front desk, how she does that, he or she does that, what has that got to do with how we hire somebody? Or what does the copier have to do with the break room? Or what does the sales pitch have to do with uh, uh, evaluations of our people once a year or whenever we do it? They're independent systems, uh, and that's the truth of the reality of the mechanical world. And once you see that, you're able to take things apart and fix them one, one at a time. And in, in the middle of that night, I'll very quickly say here, Tom, in the middle of that night uh, when I had the insight, I asked myself, what if I was to take this insight, I see my business is a collection of separate systems, what if I was to make every one of those systems perfect and in a way that uh, would, they, would be, they would be executed perfectly every single time? What if I could do that with every single system? Would I have a perfect business? Hmm. And I didn't know the answer to that, but I was going to lose the business anyway because I was going to miss a payroll. And what I'm here today to say is that if you do make the pieces of your business perfect, you will have a perfect business. Hmm. So I went from 80 to 100 hours a week and then living in poverty to uh, two hours a week only because I want to and uh, making way more money than I need in the same business. Wow. So that's a, that's the truncated <laughs> nutshell version of what happened. So it all comes from this insight that our lives are a collection of independent systems. And you can see that whatever you're doing, wherever you are, whatever the time is, uh, there's a, you can see that in your world. And once you get that, and I use get it in, in, in uh, quotes, right. once you get it, your whole life changes. Well, and I, I think as you know, as I've read your materials, one of the things that became really uh, helpful to me was to actually realize that that thing that you just talked about. It's a logical collection of independent systems. The fact that you and I are talking today meant that I pressed a few buttons and connected to you on a phone through, and I'm, I'm sitting here on a microphone system that goes through a collection of equipment, but somehow you and I are talking today and there's a system there that seems to be perfected because very rarely do I not get through. Well, that's really true. I, 99, I like to say 99.9% .9 of everything works perfectly. It's amazing that we're talking together. Here. I know. There were all kinds of systems involved. And what happens is life becomes magical on a personal level. Because to me, you know, you brought this up. I think about it all through the day, uh, how magical it is that everything works so well. Yeah. Which is diametrically opposed to the media, for example, or... Uh, any number of people out there would say, hey, the world is a mess. Uh, no, it, actually, it isn't a mess. Uh, if you look around wherever you are right now, it's pretty incredible. And I had a, I had an interview with a guy in Sydney, Australia, two days ago. <laughs> I, it's just, it's, it's phenomenal. And it's amazing. Most everything does work fine. And you take that insight into your business, and you can get things fixed quickly. Well, and that, that's what's so incredibly cool about how you've thought about this because what begins to happen is if you see it as systems, if you see it as this really amazing system 
or, or this collection of what you call independent systems, then your ability to go to work on those systems then um, really begins to give you the opportunity to change your life. And so let, let's actually come at it from the angle of a business owner or a small business environment. Uh, you've looked at this for a lot of years, not just from your own perspective, but you know, watching other small businesses. What's the mindset a business owner, executive, or even manager should have as it relates to actually then changing the business if they've got that mindset? Great question. Uh, well put. Well, uh, what happens? Let me let me give myself as an example. Uh, so what I do when I come in the office, and I'm in the office this morning just for the fun of it. Uh, actually, I could have done this interview with you from from home or wherever. Uh, I come in and I only see, and th- and this is an acute way of looking at things. It's not it's not a methodology really, uh, like affirmations. Right. Like I, if I say I am a good person a hundred times in a row through every day, that I'm going to be. It's not anything like that. Which is, I don't know. That's. This is about how you actually look at your life. So I walk in my office here, and I see Shelly, my assistant, out there through the window of my office right now, and she is doing certain things. What are you doing right now, Shelly? And she'll give me, uh, she'll tell me, and that is actually a pod, a pocket, uh, a, a separate thing from everything else that's going on. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go down the hallway here and talk to my COO, Andy. And she'll be doing a certain thing, a certain process. She won't be multitasking. She'll be doing that process, and she's working on that process. My management people don't do the work. They work on processes. Everything is about working on processes. And, yes, they're documented many times, most of the time, uh, but they're working on the systems of their business. And let me put this in a nutshell. For our listeners here, Tom. Mm-hmm. So if if I had a flip chart here, and I can do this, I can do it without the flip chart. Okay, uh, I've done it before. Uh, so imagine a flip chart. I'm up in the front of the room, and I write one, and then an arrow goes to two. We're going across the page from left to right. One goes to two, two, two goes to three, three goes to four, and then an equal sign on the right side of the four, and then a word on the right side of the equal sign, which is results. In other words, every process. And remember, they're independent of each other. Right. One goes to two, goes to three, goes to four, and ends up with a result. Every result in our lives was preceded by a process. Hmm. And here's the nub of it. Here's the crux of it all. Most people spend their time, and I'll circle the word results. Most of the people spend their time shuffling around bad results. They don't even realize a lot of times that there's a one, two, three, four that equals that result. And what we do here, and what the manager of any business should do, and what the manager of any successful business does, is, and then I circle the one, two, three, four, is spend all your time in the process. Right. The results will take care of themselves. And then, to, to put this in a nutshell, what I say is most people spend their time fixing the bad results of unseen and therefore unmanaged systems, the systems that created those results. Successful people spend their time managing their processes so they get exactly the results they want. Does that make sense? Yep. You spend your time in the one, two, three, four part, and that's what I do all, t- all day long, and that's what every manager of every organization should do. In fact, that's what people should do with their marriages, 
and their health hmm. and everything else because it goes back to the simple fact that our lives are a collection of independent systems. And this is what I call going a layer deeper than what 99% of people do. You go a layer deeper down to where the systems are and you work on the systems that create the results up above. Well, and, and I think it's probably easy as us as business leaders and managers to assume that if we just work harder, market a little better, improve our staff, we get better results. But it doesn't sound like that's really the secret. No, 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 no. Working hard is an attribute. The ability to work hard, good looks, attribute. IQ, attribute. Your educational background, attribute. Who you know, attribute. How much money you got in the bank, attribute. Who your parents are, attribute. Those, those things can help, but they have nothing to do with the mechanical reality of the way the results of your life are being created. Right. They can help, but they have nothing to do with the mechanics. And so that's why you see people with horrible personalities having a lot of money <laughs> or people that aren't so smart achieving great heights in, in whatever, uh, whatever industry they're in, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. The reason is, is because deliberately or not deliberately, and usually not deliberately, they understand the mechanics. And I like to say a common criminal understands the mechanics better than a normal person because they're gyrating. Uh, they're gyrate, gyrating the mechanics of reality in a way that gets them what they want. I'm not saying it's good, it's bad, and I talk about it in the book. But there are certain people out there, and it has nothing to do with their attributes, who are getting what they want in life because they consciously or unconsciously understand the mechanics a layer deeper than most of us. Hmm. So in, in, in sort of um, opposition to that, many business owners and executives I meet are running their business like it's uh, what you call a perpetual game of whack-a-mole. Tell me why um, that, that problem exists and, and why people you know, kind of get stuck in that kind of management style. Give me an explanation a little bit more of what you saw in both your own life and what you see in others' lives and what's wrong with that. Well, that's that's a that's a, you're asking great questions here. Um, oh, thank I love you. it. <laughs> but what happened to me and what I see happen all uh, everywhere is that we get our little business going, and we get good at it. We really good get good at this game of whack a mole. So uh, I used to walk in my business. I could do anything. I could fix a computer. I could go to the bank and get a loan. Uh, I could hire somebody. I could fire somebody. I could answer the phones myself. I can do everything. Right. And you know what happens? Two things happen. One, you get so caught up in it, you can't see the forest for the trees. Hmm. And number two, and I think this is even more insidious, uh, is you get this heroic complex. Hey, I, I, I can do anything in here. Man, is everybody noticing how awesome I am? Hmm. And that's what I was, 80 to 100 hours a week. I was doing everything. And there was nobody seeing me as a hero except myself. Wow. And finally, when I got this insight, I realized this is ridiculous. Anybody could do any of these things as long as I could lay it out on paper and uh, work with them to come up with the best way of doing it. And I need to do three things. I need to automate, delegate, and discard. And that's what I did. And I went from 100 hours a week. I went down to 60. Within six months, I was uh, below 60 and into 40. Now I work two hours a week. What do I do? I have a staff meeting for the fun of it. <laughs> we don't discuss anything much in here because we've perfected our communication systems. We don't need meetings. 
And I know, I know executives that do nothing but meetings all day long, and it's heroic. They think, wow, am I, am I plowing a wide swath across this field with my personality and everything? And it's all heroics. I, you know, it's, it's a matter of automated, automating, delegating, and discarding, and letting your people uh, help decide how these processes are going to be executed and getting the heck out of the way. That's, that's how the big boys do it. But, you know, they'd be hard-pressed to explain that. Right. <laughs> uh, these guys, uh, guys and women, they, they don't even know they're doing it, but that's exactly what they're doing. They're spending their days in their processes making sure the processes are working. That's their job, not to do the work. Well, what what's intriguing to me about that is, is you know, uh, as much as we are a collection, you know, our businesses are a collection of these independent systems, we're the ones as owners, managers, leaders that get in our way. We're the ones who actually hold the business back by our heroic efforts and trying to do everything as opposed to what you're saying is figure out a way to automate these things, delegate them, discard the stuff I, I assume that doesn't work for you uh, or doesn't work for the business. But um, it seems to me like uh, one thing is getting the knowledge in place, you know, that sense of this is a system, I've got to perfect the system and I've got to work at those processes that are part of that system. Um, but then I've, I've got to actually implement that. So what is practically required to get your business into that machine-like state? How do you implement this type of reality? Um, and maybe give me an explanation of how you did it at Centratel so it, it, you know, it has some some legs to it, I guess. Sure. Uh, the first thing is the insight. Honestly, wherever our listeners are right now, take a second while I'm talking and look around and see the independent systems. What has the telephone on your desk got to do with your computer? Zero. <laughs> Zero. Right. Uh, and and the, what do the lights in the ceiling have to do with the uh, the water in in the in the restroom coming out of the sink? Nothing. So you get this insight. Number one. And number two, once once you realize, well, there's a, you know, the work, the book is work the system, uh, the simple mechanics of making more and working less, and that that explains all this in detail. Which, by the way, your listeners can get download for free, audio or PDF from workthesystem.com. But there are things you need to do. It's not complicated. But the first thing we coach people to do is get the idea that if they're going to get their processes to be executed correctly 100% of the time, sorry, on planet Earth, it has to be documented. Hmm. It has to be put, written down. Okay? You get that in your head. So you've got the systems mentality. You understand that every big business has documentation. In fact, that's, that's the one major difference between a large, successful organization and a small, struggling one is documentation. Boring but true. Yeah. <laughs> so... You, once you understand what you've got it, once you understand that you have to document things, then what you do is very simple. You say to yourself, what is the biggest thing that's annoying me in my business right now? What is the thing that keeps coming up over and over and over again? What is that process? And then you go after it. You work with your people. You document it. You find out where the problems are, and you find the perfect way to do it so you don't have that problem anymore. And for me, you said maybe I could reference my own situation, what it was, was, believe it or not, uh, and I had about, I don't know, three or 400 accounts back then, uh, but we would get uh, checks in the mail every day, 
Right. Uh, you know, 20 or 30 checks a day, and they would have to make it through our uh, accounting system. So that particular uh, veterinarian in Virginia would get credited his $85 properly, uh, and the doctor in California would get credited his $200. And, and once that's done in our in our receivable system, we have to get that money up to the bank, and and uh, in the bank, and then the receipt brought back here. And that was our biggest problem: hmm. was getting our money in the front door. It was our largest problem by far. And so we tackled that first. And what was happening was uh, we were crediting the the uh, veterinarian in Virginia with the doctor's payment, which created two problems. Right. Okay. Right. And then and then even. Just before I had this insight, we lost the $3,000 deposit under the seat of the car of one of my managers. She was late picking up her kid at daycare. She should have stopped at the bank on the way. She forgot. The deposit fell down under the seat, and she found it three weeks later. That's ridiculous. That was our biggest practical annoying problem. And so we tackled that. We spent a total of eight hours working on it over a period of three days. We implemented a 53-step procedure. No kidding. Hmm. Uh, and at that point, at that point, after 15 years, I looked at that procedure. We had used it a few times. It was working great. There were no mistakes. Everything was covered. We had checkpoints in it. I gave it to another person on my staff, and I never did it again. Wow. And I had been spending two hours a week, along with my other managers, uh, two managers, doing the deposits every day. Uh, two, I was spending probably about two hours a week doing it myself because I was doing the work. that was so heroic in those days. But now, guess what? I haven't done it since uh, the year 2000. Wow. So if you if you do the math, we're pushing almost a year of 40-hour work week saved just in that two-hour process. Now, uh, two hours a week. So it took us eight hours to do it, and I've gained a year's worth of time in myself. And so my 100-hour work week dropped to 98, and, and the rest of it you can just figure out yourself. <laughs> we went through process after process after process, one at a time, like they were coming at us on a co- conveyor belt and took care of them, down to where all I do now is pay the bills and have a kind of a fun staff meeting once a week if I happen to be in town. Well, it's – yeah, they, and and your your process, I, re- I remember reading in your book about the, the that procedural, you know, making those procedures one of the tasks we do in in the business here that i operate is we build websites and we actually have around a 600 step process now for building a website it and it just works all the time we we don't screw up because uh we can give it to anybody and they just work through that process and we have we have implemented those kind of things and what's really cool about it is i get to you know call cool people like you and talk to you because I'm not now running around like a chicken with my head cut off trying to make sure we're building websites properly. We have a system for it. So, I mean, the the biggest thing that annoys you at your business, um, same with me, it was, I I don't like doing that stuff, but once the system was in place, I got to release it, which is such a cool way to operate your life. And yet still, and I just segue into my, my original point is my guess is Tom, you're tweaking that system all the time to make it better and better and better. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we learn stuff all the time. You're living in the process rather than trying to manage bad results. Right. And the problem is with these bad results, if you don't have things documented and systemized is stuff doesn't get done. Right. And you and I had talked briefly before we started the interview and I was telling you about my, my uh, receivables process to bill these people 
uh, and again, our business here is very much like the business you deal with, the businesses you deal with, and that is recurring revenue. Yeah. Uh, and people are sort of locked in. Uh, but we have to bill a thousand people every month. And Teresa down here, and I can see her right through the window right now as I'm talking to you, uh, she has a 14 page uh, single space document that she goes through through the billing process. And what doesn't happen, and the biggest problem with not being documented, you don't have an error of omission. For instance, when we do our processes here, uh, serve our clients, there are things we do that very possibly could be missed in billing, which is a direct hit on the bottom line. Right. Everybody in my business gets billed for everything that we do for them without exception. And that process is built around that concept. We don't want to have, and I have a whole chapter on it in the book, as, you, as you'll recall. It's yep. called uh, Errors of Omission. Right. Errors of omission are what happen when you're not systemized and documented. And I'm sorry, business owners, you're losing raw dollars off your bottom line if you're missing stuff. Right. And th- and that's the beauty of systemization, one of the b- many beauties of it. Well, and what's, what's cool about that, because in our industry, especially on the uh, record center side of it, which is, you know, our software systems really manage the the billing capability. But a lot of times I think we get stuck, you know, even where you said on receivables and how, how do you collect those, uh, you know, the collection process, all of those kind of things when understood properly as a system. And if each of the steps that needs to be taken is implemented, then you don't miss, you know, the kind of payments that you should be getting because you, you miss them. You know, one of your staff people miss them. And that's like you said, money to the bottom line or costs that you're incurring to fix it all the time. And a cost is fixing stuff. Your people's taking people taking time to fix problems don't do anything for the bottom line. Yeah. Uh, so one of the one of our measurements here and we're the best we're the highest quality answering service in the United States and we have a collection of about 2000 competitors. Uh, we are the highest quality by any number of objective statistics. The one we like to to use is our customer reported error rate. Hmm. And in the last quarter, we did something in excess of 13,000 messages processed for every complaint that we had, which is so far light years beyond our nearest competitor as to be ridiculous. So what happens is you don't have errors anymore. Right. We just don't have errors. I mean, if we have an error around here, it's a red flag to go fix a system. That's right. what it is. We welcome errors now. We don't go through the day fixing them. We spend our days tweaking our processes, using the occasional error to fix something. Uh, but we just don't have mistakes. Everybody in here, whether it's the sales guy or my operations manager or even Shelly out here, my assistant, they're working on building processes, one-time building events that contribute to the growth of the company. So we're way more profitable than anybody else in our industry, and we're better than anybody else, and it's a fun place to be. And there's, you know, the growth thing is, when systems are creating the problems, if there are problems, here, for instance, at Centratel, it always goes back to a system problem, not somebody's attitude. Right. <laughs> See? And so, and the other, one of the other processes we have here, and sorry, it sounds ruthless and everything, but if we have somebody in here and is fighting everything, uh, they're a system, too, and they're gone. Right. That's the delete part. And so I've got a collection of incredible people here. I think there's two out of 30 that have a college degree in here, including my management. 
they're just people who get this and buy into me- the methodology. They like to come to a place where it's relaxed and calm and fun, and I pay double what the rest of my people in my industry pay. So they buy into it, they see that it works, and it creates an environment that is just super to be around. So I, like I said, I didn't have to come down here this morning. I just kind of felt like it. Right. <laughs> and uh, I just like being here and hanging out and giving everybody a hard time, and they give me a hard time too. It's but I, but I, but I think the other thing that I hear in you and that I see in you because I get your, I get your email list and I, I get your videos on a regular basis and and the ongoing education and learning you're doing. But one of the cool things that I see in you that I so many other people don't have is that ability to actually be then relaxed and enjoying running a business and enjoying the benefits of that. It sounds to me like when you get the systems in place and you get the right you know, the right processes in place and you work those for a period of time. I can't imagine that's easy at the beginning, but there's a lot of work to do. But once you get those, life takes on sort of a new approach, does it not? Oh, your whole vision of life, as I said at the beginning, it's magical, just the everyday things that are going on. You walk down the street and say, well, you know, this is very cool. The car is going by, there's a power line buried underneath, the airplanes. I mean, life is very cool. Uh, and, but beyond that, uh, if you're automated, dele- automating, delegating, and deleting, your life becomes calm and relaxed. And, and you, you know, I can take a month off any time, and there's no problem. I just felt like going to India a few weeks ago, and I just went for 10 days. Hmm. There's nothing, nothing slowed down here. I wasn't required uh, right. to be anywhere. And that I tell you, having a lot of time and more money than you need it doesn't. It doesn't eliminate all the problems of life. But it sure makes it better, right? To handle those, and yeah. those earthquakes turn into road bumps, as I say in the book. Yeah. So, um, I, a couple more practical tidbits. I know we're smoking through time, and I love talking to you about this. I could go on for hours with you, but uh, within the book, you talk about three, and I think you do this with your consulting work and in your academy, and we'll make mention those briefly in a bit, but. Uh, with within that environment, within the environment of your business, you, there's three major documents you discuss. There's a st- strategic objective, there's general operating procedures, and then you've got working procedures. Can you, in sort of brief fashion, explain the importance of those three unique documents in your business? Right. The strategic objective is your declaration of independence, more or less. It's it's It says what you're going to do as a business, how you're going to do it, what your strengths are, what you endeavor to become, hmm. and it's a single-page document. Uh, we just insist that, you know, the people we consult to, we, we're going to keep it to a single page because it can go on and on. It's created by the leader of the business. It doesn't take long to do that. The general operating principles are what we call guidelines to decision-making, hmm. and we have 30 of them. We uh, One of them is do it now. Why? Just because that works best. So if, you, if you're trying to decide to do it today or next Thursday, do it now. Why? Because that's one of our principles. And we have 30 principles that are similar to that. Uh, and so that also is, a, is created by the leader or the leadership, uh, executive staff. And then the working procedures is where, uh, that's where 90% of time is spent. And most people call these SOPs, right? right? Uh, standard operating procedures. We call them working procedures because as we discussed uh with your uh, creating a website, 600-step procedure, Tom, we're always going back and changing things uh, and making it better. So working suggests change. 
we call them working procedures, and your staff is going to create these. Right. And this is what your life revolves around. Uh, you, of course, it revolves around your strategic objective and your operating principles, but the day-to-day activity is caught up with working on the systems of the business. And we have, I think we probably have 400 different ones here wow. at Centratel. And then there's subsystems to those, but mainly 400 main systems uh, that we're constantly working on, and my whole staff spends their time doing that. So, uh, anyway, Declaration of Independence, the Constitution is your operating principles, and the laws of the land are your working procedures, or SOPs. It's kind of funny, and, and you'll recall, I do mention this in the book, everything's in the book, yeah. uh, is that when I finished, uh, I came up with these documents in the middle of that night when I had the insight, and, and after the book was written uh, and ready to be published, the first edition, Linda, my wife, said, hey, this looks like... You know, the Declaration of Independence looks like the documentation of the United States. You need a direction, right? Yeah. Uh, You need kind of rules for decision-making for the Supreme Court and the justice system, uh, and then you need the laws of the land. And 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 to me, that really validated that this uh, this was going down the right road. You can have any number of documents. We feel we want to keep things simple. It's the epigram in the book. Occam's Law, we keep things as simple as we can, and these three simple documentations uh, are what runs our business and all my other businesses, too. Hmm. That's very cool. So you talked yeah. a little bit about point-of-sale thinking. Explain that more to me. Well, uh, we really, it's one of our operating principles. It's very important to have things taken care of on the spot and not having details come up later. Hmm. For instance, I mentioned earlier, Tom, that we don't have meetings. And the reason for that is if I have something I want to say to the entire staff, I just, on my way home in the car a lot of times, I'll get on and I have the technology with voicemail, in this case, where I can leave everybody a message. Bam. Don't need a meeting. Okay? And then we've got group email. So if we have a new process or a new procedure we blast that out to the whole staff or who, whatever part of the staff that needs to know about it, no meeting necessary. Hmm. Uh, if, if I want to have a meeting with Andy, uh, we'll schedule it for as soon as possible. We'll typically do it over the phone. Andy is my chief operations officer. And uh, we knock it off. We knock off everything as it comes up right? because that just works better. And you know, you know how most businesses run, Tom? Uh, the CEO comes up with an idea, he hashes it out with his executive staff, let's have a meeting. Right. <laughs> let's have a meeting. Let's, get, let's interrupt everybody from what they're doing and drag them into the office. Three-quarters of them aren't listening. Uh, three-quarters of them really wish they were back working, and it makes the boss look like a, a blowhard a lot of times. Right. So what if, you have, what if a business had a life where you didn't have to have meetings because your communications was point of sale? Right, and so that applies to everything we do in here. Hmm. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, so it it seems to me that um, you know you've created this um, machine at Centratel, and this machine not only operates without your required presence, although your leadership is critical in that, um, and you've you've sort of created these systems that work for people, and uh, you wrote a book, and um, I, I'm. I've already said 
you know, I, I mentioned to people earlier on the show, I bought 20 of them to give away to people on the show. So all they have to do is talk about the fact that they listen to the show and that they post it on their social media profiles. And I'm going to send them one of those 20 books if they respond to me. So the first thing is, I think people should read the book because it it's the secret sauce. Um, it gets the systems in place. But you also do some other stuff. I, I know you do uh, consulting work and you do um, you, you actually have a work, the system Academy. Tell me a little bit more about some of the other things you do, uh, that could be helpful to people if they were interested. Sure. And the first thing to do is go to work, and get on a mailing list. Okay. Uh, but, uh, and I'm not a hard sell kind of a guy. <laughs> no, you're not. You so, never have been. That's <laughs> why, that's why I had you on the show today. Cause I, I believe in that. So thank you. Yeah, Sure. So there's that, and then the academy, the Work System Academy, was released last fall, and for about a thousand bucks, we're reducing the price. It's fifteen hundred on the website right now, but it's we're going to be lowering the price. It's a twenty video uh, summation of the book, much more in depth uh, with me and my uh, collaborator uh, to get a business straightened out in thirty to ninety days. Hmm. That's what it is, and it's all done online. And then we have group coaching that we're just getting underway now. There'll be more about that. Get on the mailing list. And for, I think we're going to peg it around three to $500 a month. Uh, and that would include me occasionally, uh, but, but my, a uh, couple of my assistants, uh, to help people get their business straightened out and to answer specific questions. And then we have, uh, beyond that, the full one-on-one consulting. Uh, and that's anywhere from, Thirty to several hundred thousand dollars, thirty thousand to several hundred thousand dollars in four to six months for one-on-one. We're having a handling a multinational now, uh, and uh, it's about a six-month process for them. And uh, we completely changed their culture and how they do things, and added an enormous amount of money to the bottom line. Wow. What we're charging them is almost obscene compared to what they're saving. Right. Uh, and then you can get me. I'm too expensive. I don't like to do that, but I'll get on the phone with somebody if they want to pay the huge price and <laughs> talk to me. Right. I really try to preserve my personal life, and uh, I'm not into uh, I'm not into uh, working my butt off all day long on this or anything else. Uh, but I'm I'm there. But those are some of our offerings, and you can go to the website there, and I think it's called Products and Services. There's a tab there, and you can you can see what all those those are. There well, we'll, we'll we'll create a link on our website too, back to yours, because I, I I think those are important pieces. So there's the book you already mentioned that you can actually download it, you know, the PDF version. But um, but it's really important to get on the e- the email list. I I get these amazing videos from you every couple of days, and um, I I have to say from my perspective, and this is uh, proven itself to me that your model has significantly helped my business grow it's given me a, a life that i like you was running around whack-a-moling um and you know have, have changed the way i i do business as a result of it so that's that's pretty cool but i i think one cool thing for me also in watching you is is that ability to kind of get your system your business to work for you in systems has allowed you to do some other cool stuff in your life. I, I know that you're pretty passionate about a cause in Kashmir. Tell me a little bit about how you've used this new freedom, the the money that you've created, the wealth you've created for yourself. Tell me a little bit about how that's been able to now affect the world in a bigger way. 
Well, there was a horrible earthquake in Pakistan and, and a little kind of an adjunct uh, country called Azad Kashmir in October of 2005. And for business reasons and call center reasons, I had made some contacts over there. And, of course, the Karakoram Range is right there, K2, all the big mountains, and I'm a climber. Uh, I got involved with some of the backcountry people in particularly, well, northern, extreme northern uh, Pakistan, a Skardu area. Any climbers out there know where Skardu is. Uh, it's the gateway to K2 uh, and in Azad Kashmir, and we help schools. And one of, the, one of the biggest thing we've been doing over the last two years is to install uh, toilets, uh, pit toilets, septic-type toilets. Uh, all this, just about all the schools were destroyed, and so they've, they've uh, got the children in, in different little buildings here and there, but there typically is never running water. And so one thing we were able to do uh, was figure out a way for $500 to install uh, septic tanks in each of these little schools. They have 60 to 200 kids. And the neat thing is, in some of these villages I've gone into, they've never seen a Westerner before. Wow. If you could believe that. Wow. Never seen one, much less talked to them. And so I'm a big rock star when I go, and I suppose there's some ego involved. <laughs> but these kids are darling, uh, wonderful children who have no chance at seeing the outside world unless a Westerner gets in there. And believe me, Greg Mortensen and I are the only ones in there uh, doing anything. And uh, it's it's... It's like my wife says, why don't you get a safe little Catholic country in South America to do your work? <laughs> I choose a Muslim country uh, in, the, in the thick of the war on terror uh, 12 times. So it's away. Nobody understands it. Inclu- nobody understands it, uh, maybe including me, but I, those kids are, are left to their own devices, and there's six kids in each family, and marriages are done at 14, and you are going to marry your first cousin, and this kind of thing. And so uh, a little, uh, maybe a little outside information wouldn't hurt. Uh, They're not getting it otherwise. So I I feel this is a a very important life work for myself, and I'm absolutely passionate about it. I talk about it in one of the appendices in the back of the book. Yeah. Well, Sam, it's it's been a uh, an absolute delight and pleasure to talk to you. You are uh, someone doing really cool stuff, not just in your business and in the world, but helping a ton of the rest of us business owners and executives, um, you know, build better systems so we have better lives. So, thank you for sharing that with us today. Thank you for taking the time to uh, to explore it with us. And uh, workthesystem.com is where you need to go and and get more of this. So, thanks again for being with us on the show today. Thanks, Tom. You're a great host asking all the correct questions. I really enjoy talking with a host who's actually not only read the book, but implemented it and understands it. So thanks for that. All right. We'll we'll look forward to reading more and seeing more in the future. Okay, Tom. Bye. Well, 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 what a valuable show. My goodness, that was good. Uh, I, I hope you caught all that because uh, there are so many, so many lessons. I, I hope you're writing it down because there were so many important things 
that Sam talked about there. So follow what he said. Go to workthesystem.com, sign up for the email, look around. Uh, but don't forget, I've got 20 books that I purchased, and I'm, I'm going to send you one if you email me and request one after you've posted a link to the Sam Carpenter Show on your social media profile. Spread the word about this show to your friends, to your associates, uh, and let them know about the cool stuff that uh, you learned today. And then send me an email at tom at flourishpress.com to confirm that. And uh, the first 20 people who respond, I'm going to send you a book. Thanks for listening today. I really appreciate it. Finally, I want to thank our official sponsors, O'Neill Software. I was noticing their latest handheld device, the Motorola ES400. This amazingly small handheld is big enough for RS Mobile, O'Neill's mobile software application, but small enough for your pocket. This device is Motorola's smallest enterprise digital assistant. Be sure to check out another leading product provided by the RIM industry software leader, O'Neill Software. And you can do that at O'NeillSoft.com. That's it for now. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you next week. We are out of here. Thanks for joining us on the RIM Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Inc. Join us again soon.